When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we have a special guest, but we're going to save it until we tell you to smash that like button on YouTube. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to our channel as well. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're subscribed or following us wherever you get your podcasts, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Hope everybody's staying warm and safe in this winter weather. Uh, we've got the World Junior Championships beginning on Monday, and uh, with that in mind, we wanted to get our buddy, who I called off the air, the GOAT, and he cringed. Uh, it's, it's our buddy Chris <laughs> Peters from Flow Hockey. What's up, Chris? Thanks for doing this, man. Hey Jay, it's great to be with you guys. Always a pleasure, and uh, yeah, this is this is about as good as it gets for me. This is my favorite time of year. So, uh, and that's not just the holidays; it's it's World Juniors. It's it does not get better than this. No, it's it's an awesome time to be around. We've got our YouTube uh, poll going as we always do during the shows here, uh, and our question today is: What makes you most excited about the World Junior Championships? Is it seeing Blackhawks prospects rooting for your home country, or seeing? Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. So make sure you vote in that poll and we'll update it as the show goes on. So let's just start with, uh, let's just start with the tournament at large here, Chris. And we're looking at Canada's roster uh, headlined by those two guys, Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, but also uh, four Chicago Blackhawks prospects. As I look at the previews, I've read all your work. I've read some work of less goaded. Um, and it just seems really unlikely that Canada is not going to win the gold here. I know they've got to play the games and all those things, but man, Canada just seems beyond loaded this year. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much are every year, right? You know, yeah. they, they, they've got the deepest player pool to select from. They've got the, the junior hockey tradition in that country. They've, you know, the world juniors is a, a national event um, in, in such a significant way in Canada. But I mean, you know, you look up and down their lineup, they're, they're well balanced. They have good speed. They have good size. They have guys that can defend. They have physical players. They have a little bit of everything. The only thing they really don't have is goaltending, but that's kind of the across the board. Um, I was just talking to some other people about, you know, who's, who, who's the goalie that you're looking forward to seeing in this tournament. I was like, ah, I don't know. They're, they're all kind of okay. You know, like there, there's nobody, there's no Spencer Knight. There's no Yaroslav Askarov. There's no Jesper Wallstedt who we had in the summer event, you know, so there, there just isn't that, that, that top quality goaltending, but um, you know, in the end that may not matter as much. I think basically, I, you know, I, I'm from Chicago. I grew up a Bears fan. Um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with managing games, quarterbacks managing games back in the day, maybe not as much right now, but back in the day where it's just like, Hey, Shane Matthews is here. He's got to manage a game. So um, that's kind of what Canada's goalies have to be. They have to man. Don't make the huge mistake. Don't do something stupid. Don't, don't beat yourself. Just, to, just make the saves that you're supposed to make. And then they're going to be fine. But you look up another lineup: Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Logan Stankerman, who was the CHL player of the year. They have three guys that played in the NHL this season and Wright, Dylan Gunther and Brant Clark. 
Um, you know, they've got so much talent up and down their lineup that, you know, like you look at a guy like Kevin Korchinski, the Blackhawks prospect, and I know we'll, we'll talk about all those guys. But, you know, if he's on your third pairing, that just shows how good your team is because he is an excellent player and he's having a tremendous season. And I think if he, you know, he's he's not as old as some of the other guys in the team, so that might be why he's a little bit further down the lineup. But that's where that's how good this team is. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see uh, the, the the Canadian team just because it's it is so loaded and there is so many, you know, major storylines for for the Blackhawks. Not only the guys they have, but the guys they could have in the future. Um, you know, we we've talked. Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, uh, so much this season. Um, is there anything that either of them have to prove in this tournament? Because this is an opportunity for them to, you know, play along, play on the most talented team that they're going to play on this year, especially for Bedard, um, and then play against the probably the the highest level of talent they're going to all this season uh, going into their draft year. Is there anything that either of these guys can can prove? Well, I think the biggest thing is that it's going to give us a chance to see them in the same environment, which we don't get to see right now because you've got Adam Fantilli playing in the NCAA. You've got Connor Bedard playing the WHL. Very different leagues, very different you know levels in terms of the, the competition and various things like that. So for, for us, it's going to give us a chance to see both of them in a, in a significant role on the team. The fact that both of them are in the top six is is really impressive. I mean, Bedard we knew would be. Fantilli, you know, he he doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have as much of that same pedigree that Bedard does, at least within the Canadian system, because he's only played the, like the under-18 World Championship and stuff like that. So, um, But Fantilli is, you know, he's got a chance now to kind of prove himself and say, hey, the gap is really not that far. Um, and... The thing about him is he's big, he's fast, he's he's strong. He is uh, absolutely um, uh, uh, just a, a top quality uh, center, but he's going to be on the wing. Both of them are going to play wing. They're not going to be playing their natural positions, which should open them up for offense. And so I think that that's going to be um, very – you know, very, very good to see both of those guys. Like, what can they do offensively in terms of what they have to prove? I mean, they just have to be themselves. I think, you know, Connor Bedard, we expect him to score goals. Adam Fantilli, we accept him to play a powerful game with speed and, and be a, you know, a big time player on their second line. And, and, and we expect him to produce as well. Canada shouldn't have a ton of humongous tests. They do have the tougher of the two brackets because they've got Czechia and Sweden on their side. So they're going to have a couple of more difficult pre-tournament games. I think, you know, Czechia very well could be one of the top teams there is. So I'm really excited to see kind of where both of them stand. But more than anything, this just gives us a look at, at them side by side. One of the things that I want to point to is that back in, I think it was the 2013 World Juniors, Jonathan Drouin and, and Nathan McKinnon both played for Team Canada. They ended up in fourth-line roles. They were way down the lineup. It was the lockout year, so there were a lot of NHL players that, that were on the World Junior team, and they didn't have the best World Juniors. Like It just it wasn't that great. So if neither of them have an amazing tournament, I don't think it's really going to significantly hinder their draft status. What it will do is it's going to shift the narrative over the course of the season, like, are they as good as we say they are? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, you know, is Adam Fantilli better than Connor Bedard if he has more goals or if he has more points? You know, like, basically, this is a data point in a long season. We still have half a season to go after this, so there's plenty more to get to. Well, let me ask you, let's let's move to that topic real quick, the Bedard-Fantilli thing, uh, since we're talking about Team Canada and that those are the two guys on everybody's mind in Chicago. Um I think last time we spoke, we asked, is there a chance that Fantilli surpasses 
uh, Bedard in draft status, and I, I believe your response to time was very unlikely. Um, has that gap narrowed at all um, since we spoke, you know, before the season began, or or is it kind of remaining status quo? Because look, Bedard isn't slowing down; he's still putting up huge numbers at a huge pace. And Fantilli's as pro, you know, what everybody thought he was going to be. But has anything happened to narrow that gap at all? I, I mean, I do think it's it's narrowed um, to a certain extent, mainly because of how well Fantilli has played. Um, it's more; it has nothing to do with Connor Bedard and everything to do with Adam Fantilli and how exceptional he's been at the collegiate level. I mean, he started the season with his hair on fire, you know, scoring at a at a, a, a points per game rate over two, and that's cooled off a little bit. He got he got sick at one point; he missed a weekend. You know, and then his production slowed. Then he missed another weekend because he was at Team Canada's camp. So in the end, his raw points might not be as high at the collegiate level. But he is a number one center dominating on a team that is, you know, has as national championship aspirations. So he's basically doing the same things that that Jack Eichel did, and when he was with uh, Boston University in his draft year. And we just don't get those top, top, top end guys as much, you know, as as frequently um, at the college level because a lot of them are, you know, younger and they get drafted before they go to college. But you know, to see that what he has done, that is, he has definitely narrowed the gap. I mean, the other thing too is, is that, you know, they're two different players in so many ways, whereas Fantilli is bigger, faster, and stronger. Normally that's going to say, yeah, that's the better player, you know, like in, in most sports, right? That's the better athlete. That's the better, you know, the more easily projectable player. But Connor Bedard scores goals at an, at an incredible level, that he scores at a generational level in terms of his goal-scoring ability. And he's going to be on Canada's top line. He's going to play with Shane Wright. He's probably going to put up a ton of goals in this tournament. We're going to say, wow, well, clearly the gap is, is significant. But I can tell you from talking to NHL scouts, you know, at, at various points of this season, they said, you know, maybe there's more of a discussion if we got came down to it. I still think that because Bedard's goal-scoring is at such a level that – yeah, it's it's the one of the hardest things that you can do. Um, that is why I still think he's going to continue to be ahead of Fantilli. But what Fantilli does is pretty much everything else you want, and then he also scores on top of it. So he might be the more complete package of a player. But Connor Bedard does the one thing that helps win you games more than anything else, better than anyone else, and does it at a level that's similar to those guys of of years past, where we're just like. You know, looking at Alex Ovechkin and the way that he scores goals, or looking at Austin Matthews and the way that he scores goals, and we're saying this this kid is doing it at the same age, and it might even be doing it at a rate better than some than those guys do. And he's also young for the draft year too. There's a big age gap between these two players, even though they're in the same draft eligibility. So those are all the factors that you have to put into play that that create this gap or lack of gap between the two. In your mind, if they're drafted, I mean, they're going to be drafted probably one and two this year in whatever order. Do you see them both beginning their careers in the NHL next season? I do. Like, I mean, I think for sure, Bedard, the one that is really interesting is I'm pretty sure that Adam Fantilli is not ruling out the possibility of going for a second collegiate season. Um, You know, Luke Hughes is at Michigan right now, took a second year, number four overall draft pick, and he had one of the best freshman seasons by a defenseman in like 30 years, and he still didn't come out. Kale McCarr spent a second year in college hockey, won the Hobie Baker. You know, so there is a, there is, Fantilli is more physically ready than both of those players to play in the NHL. Um, His speed and, and all the different things that he can do, I think he's closer, but 
a lot of players are are not taking that rush approach right now because we've seen Jack Hughes go into the NHL and struggle out the gates. We've seen Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco still trying to re- rediscover their game. Owen Power took the extra year after going number one overall. There's nothing that says you can't take that that beat and take that, you know, arrive at the NHL ready to make an impact as opposed to just being part of the team. Um, you know, I think like Shane Wright probably should have started the year back at the OHL. Now they're kind of in this limbo where he's going to play at the World Juniors and then maybe he'll go back to Seattle. Maybe he'll go back to junior. We don't really know. But but I think that more and more teams are becoming increasingly comfortable with letting players go back for an extra year, especially rebuilding teams where they're like, we're not ready to compete yet. We don't have an environment to bring this player into that's going to allow them to, to thrive. So those are the decisions that are being made. I think that there's less pressure. There's always pressure for those players to come in and play right away. But I think it's it's decreased because we've seen the success of players that waited that extra year mm-hmm. that, you know, like, you know, Adam Fox comes in, he wins a, a, a Norris trophy two years out of college. Same thing, Kale McCarr, Calder Trophy, all these different things. Uh, Quinn Hughes took the extra year too. All of those guys had much more success than the players that just immediately went back in there. And I think that that's what a lot of teams are saying, hey, maybe that's what we should do too. Makes me uh, a little, a little itchy to to think about if the Blackhawks do get first overall and they do get Connor Bedard, and we don't get to don't get to play with that new toy right away. <laughs> well, I, I think I think Bedard more than likely would would be an immediate NHL player. Sure. Yeah, it, it seems like what does he have left to accomplish at the WHL level at this point? <laughs> yeah, like, and he can't play in the AHL, so you know. Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, well, that's that's a good point. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the guys that are already drafted by the Blackhawks, and and how impressive is it for the Blackhawks prospect pool to have three defensemen on Team Canada right now in Korchinski, Allen, and Del Mastro, and, and how excited should Blackhawks fans be about that trio? Well, I think they should be really excited um you know i think that the the fact that that those guys are all part of canada's decor um and will play prominent roles um is is pretty special um you've got you know ethan del mastro is probably going to be on their top pairing uh which this is a guy that has taken so many steps as a player um in the last couple of years and he was one of those guys that was negatively impacted by the OHL shutdown. And then he comes back and all of a sudden he's a star um, in the OHL. And and he's he's getting better and better. He's part of the Canadian team last year. So to have a guy playing that prominently is going to be huge. And they're gonna, as of right now, it looks like he and Olin Zellweger, who's a Ducks prospect who was on the team last year as well, will be the top pairing. Then you've got, you know, uh, Nolan Allen, his development has been pretty much on track. You know, like his his numbers have gone up offensively, but he's still that big physical shutdown defenseman that, you know, is kind of a bit of a throwback. You know, I, that was a pick that I've, I've been on the record saying I thought it was a, a little early for him. I didn't necessarily think that's the kind of guy that you pick in the first round anymore. But I think that in general, his development is is really coming a long way. And you still need size on the back end. You still need guys that can play at the net front, guys that will play physical and, and, and do a lot of different things for you. So that's that's key as well. We'll see exactly where he ends up in the lineup. He's kind of moved up and down between the top four and even be you know rotated as the extra guy last time. I, I don't think Canada is going to necessarily be married to their D pairings for the entire tournament because they have 
you know, basically seven guys that can play. Um, but that's that's good too. Uh, meanwhile, the guy that I'm you know most excited to see in this setting and and, and a player that you know one thing that you have to consider with Kevin Korczynski, only four players that have multiple years of eligibility left at the WJC are on this team. The rest are 19 year olds. So making it as an 18 year old is a pretty significant accomplishment, especially in a position of such importance as defense. And you know I think that Canada has clearly structured their decor where they have. Uh, a big shutdown guy, and then they have a dynamic skill player on each of their D pairings. And Korchinski is the dynamic skill player. Player currently, you know, he's been slotted with Jack Matier um, so far on the third pairing. But you know, this is a guy that moves pucks extremely well. He plays the style that's going to allow Canada to to maximize the skill of their forwards because he's going to get the pucks up the ice quickly. He'll be engaged offensively. I'm sure he'll have decent numbers even if he doesn't have the big minutes compared to some of the other guys. But he's also a guy that can come back to this event next season. And it's it's a great opportunity for him to kind of show where he's at in terms of his development. But, I mean, you know, t- to have three guys on Canada, and Canada obviously the deepest team, the, the hardest team to make, um, you know, it's, it's really good. The one thing I'll say is that I, I say this all the time about the world junior championship is, you know, pr- prospects are drafted for what they can do later. The world junior championship is about what you can do right now. And, and that is to see, that means that these guys are at a level that's pretty high at this stage of their development. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. If you're, um, if you're, if you're the Blackhawks and watching these guys and to see the opportunity that's in front of them, you know, if they win the tournament, they've got that championship experience. They've got that feather in their cap. Um, and it's, it's not going to be easy, but I'm really excited to see what all of them end up doing, because I think that this is a, this is going to be, you know, defense has been a point of focus in these last few drafts of making sure that you get the right kind of players in there. Um, and then you also had, you know, Sam Renzel have a pretty solid showing at the World Junior A Challenge recently. Um, you know, not in the mix for Team USA for the World Juniors, but he's a one of those raw kind of it's going to take some time prospects. Whereas you now you've got these guys that are a lot closer to being ready. So we spend a lot of time in our post game shows um, thinking about the future. Um, because every game in the present is absolutely identical. Uh, so we got to be thinking about the future. And, you know, as people who are maybe a little bit more resistant to the rebuild uh, than others, they say, you know, this team doesn't have that next generational player on it. Um, and I think if we were to hesitate and challenge that, we could say that Kevin Korchinski, not that he's going to be the next Kale McCarr, Duncan Keith, or whatever, but. It doesn't seem terribly far-fetched based on what we've seen so far and on his pedigree and the numbers he's putting up that Korchinski could project to be a future number one all-star type defenseman. Do you agree with that? I mean, it, it's certainly possible. I think that he's he's got um, all the tools, you know, like the way that he's played this season, he's taken a step, you know, that's all you can kind of ask for. He's still at a very early stage in his development. I mean, this draft plus one season is still – for most players really early. Like I don't see Kevin Korchinski on the team next season. And I don't think that he should be, especially not in this, especially not in this time where you're still transitioning towards, you know, being more competitive. Um, and, and so that's, that's that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a really good thing because now he's going to continue to have that time to develop those skills that are going to be what, what he needs 
to be at the NHL level. But I mean, he plays the modern style of, of NHL hockey. He's got great skating ability. He can move pucks extremely well. He's got a good shot from the back end. You know, he's, he's engaged more offensively. You know, we're seeing more and more defensemen jump up in the plays and being, you know, part of the attack. And that's going to be what he is. You know, I think that he doesn't, he doesn't project comfortably as a number one, but he definitely has upside and ceiling that says, Hey, if all things go, if in the, in the ideal world, if everything goes right, we've got a guy that's a number one, number two, you know, top pairing defenseman that has an opportunity to be a key to our offense on our top power play on all these different things that, that you can do. But I think in general, you know, it's it's still very early in the process to kind of suss out exactly where he's going to fit depth chart wise. But he was he was a top end pick for the reason. He was picked very early for a reason. And, it, you know, there were a lot of teams that were really keen to draft him and wanted him and uh it just went a little bit differently to you just real quick sorry mario uh is he if you're ranking hawks, hawks prospects do you have korchinski number one um i yeah i think i probably would right now um you know i, I mean i still have a lot of time like i still think lucas reichel is going to be a very important player in the in the grand scheme of things i think he has the capability to be a core guy um you know frank nazar if he wasn't injured I actually had nazar ahead of korchinski on my draft rankings um going into the draft and and you know nazar hasn't played this year so it's really impossible to say you know whether or not i would still feel that way um he certainly would have been part of team usa if he were healthy um but you know i would say that uh that um you know for for me yeah i mean korchinski in terms of his overall ceiling and upside to me he's he's the most important prospect in the system right now i wanted to ask about um the other blackhawks prospect on on canada uh colton doc it was kind of a surprise that he was uh I think we lost Mario there for a second. Um, I think he was saying that Colton Doc was a bit of a surprise to make the team. Um, and I know he, he was probably going to mention Ryan Green, who had a really good camp for Canada and then was not able to and did not make the team. So what are your thoughts on Doc and Green? Yeah, yeah. So Colton Doc, I mean, you know, he's he's got a chance to play down their lineup. He's versatile. You know, he's outplayed uh, a number of guys that uh, – um, you know, that, that really had an opportunity to be a part of this team. The fact that, you know, there, there are high, high end first round draft picks that did not make this team. It, it just shows kind of where he's at in his development. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's great for him. It's a great opportunity. You know, he might be their 13th forward. He might be on their fourth line. You know, it's kind of up in the air at this point, either way, being part of this team says a lot about where he's at in his development. And then he's had a really good season, which he has. Um, as for Ryan green, um, I had been talking, you know, to a lot of people around college hockey, just like once, once Ryan green kind of everything clicked for him and he started producing, I was like, you know, I I liked him a lot in his draft year. I thought that, you know, seeing him with green Bay multiple times, I had a lot of time for him. Um, Did not anticipate him to make this big of an impact this soon at Boston university. And then to be in Canada's camp as a college player, it's hard enough to make it. And then he almost made it like he was very close. He had a tremendous camp. There were rave reviews about him, and I think it was just that he had to do something otherworldly to make that team uh, because they had their, their their group set, and they had the size, and they had all the different things. But, I mean, the fact that he was right on the cusp is a great development for a guy that played in the USHL last year, is just starting college hockey. He is well on his way to being a very good 
you know, kind of mid tier. He's not, he's never going to be an elite prospect. He's never going to be one of those guys that you look at as a star player, but if he's a mid tier prospect, that's going to play down your lineup. That's still a really valuable piece. You want NHL players, right? You want guys that you think can play for you. I think Ryan green is proving that he is on an NHL track right now. It's awesome. Yeah. I kicked the cord out of my microphone. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was essentially what I was, what I was going to ask about is, is, you know, Ryan green is not, uh, wasn't someone who was, you know, one of the all-star like, yeah. you know, showcase prospects, but for him to have that impact, I think is, is, is really encouraging to see. Um, yeah. Just being invited, just being invited to Canada yeah. for the world junior camp, like that you're one of the, you're one of the best prospects out there in, in, in the eyes of, of those uh, decision makers. So that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, again, it's just, it's, it's one point too. It's not, you know, and, and if anybody has a bad world juniors or anything like, you know, there's so many guys that have had bad world junior championships that turned out into NHL superstars and guys that had great world juniors that we never heard from again. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. This event gets so much focus put on it, but it is, it is a, it is a, it is a great measuring stick for a lot of these players and to see where they're at. So yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I guess uh, we ran our poll. Are you excited to see the Hawks prospects Bedard and Fantilli or root for your home, uh, your home team? 0% of the vote going to rooting for your home team. No wow. one seems to care. <laughs> no <about> patriotism <laughs> anymore. I guess not. Uh, 62% seeing Hawks prospects, 38% seeing Bedard and Fantilli. But I suppose we should discuss Team USA a little bit here because uh, <laughs> that's probably who I don't know. It's who I'm going to be rooting for. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts on Team USA reading some previews. The one advantage they seem to have over Canada is speed. Uh, they're a faster team than Canada. Would you agree with that? They they, they may be like, I think they're going to, the, the difference is, is when I say speed, I think it's a, their ability to play fast. So it's more like the puck movement because they're, you look actually up and down their lineup They're you know, they don't have necessarily the fastest skaters. Their top line is very fast. Logan Cooley's an elite skater. You got their decor is all very good puck movers. Um, but they're going to be wanting to play fast and transition, which is more the puck moves faster than most people can skate. So that's, you know, that's that's how you play fast is you you have effective puck movement. And that the U.S. has a very small decor. They only have one defenseman that's six foot two or taller. Canada has only one that is six foot two or is shorter than six foot two. So it's just a real dichotomy of, of styles. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see those two different teams kind of playing against each other if we do get a chance to see that because it's differing philosophies. But this U.S. team, like the, the the important thing is that they they are going to move pucks extremely well. They have guys that can score. They have four lines that can score. They have you know three D pairings that are all going to move the puck extremely well. Their power play looks pretty solid. They don't have great goaltending. We don't know. I mean, that doesn't mean that Caden Embarico or Trey Augustine can't you know have a have a great tournament and give them a chance. It's just we can't. We can't comfortably predict that like we could when it was Spencer Knight who shut out Canada in a gold medal game, which is, you know, a pretty impressive accomplishment. Um, but, you know, that's that's basically, uh, you know, the U.S. is going to have to prove that that they can play fast, that they can beat Canada with their speed and and that they can, you know, be a puck possession team. Rand Pecknold is the head coach from Quinnipiac and Quinnipiac is a possession team. Now they also play in the ECAC and they've been a dominant team in the ECAC, which has you know, been up and down as a conference over the last couple of years. Uh, going to the world juniors is a lot different. Um, and playing against Canada is a lot different than playing against Harvard. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a real interesting kind of, you know, process for the U S they don't have a lot of experience on their coaching staff, but they do have a lot of experience in their team, eight returning players from last year's team. So I, I think that they'll, 
they'll definitely be worth watching. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Luke Hughes is just a superstar prospect, as is Logan Cooley. Um, and those guys are going to be really important for Team USA. And if they're going to have a chance to win, those two guys have to be driving the bus. Obviously, U.S. And, and Canada gets all the attention here in North America, but the fifth prospect for the Blackhawks playing is Victor Schornberg uh, with Sweden, and he's kind of a forgotten, I don't want to say forgotten draft prospect, but an overlooked one. He was a later round pick. If you look at his stats, they're not blowing anybody off the page, but again, it's a product of a teenager playing in, in Sweden's top league. You're just not going to get a, a ton of opportunity, but he's Sweden's captain. And he's centering their top line. Like, what what, what can we look for in Victor Stornberg? You know, he's a really interesting player in so many different ways. Um, you know, I think he's he's such an he's so effort based. You know, like his his work ethic is 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 really high. He doesn't have that super high end offensive ability, but he but he but he's effective. His work ethic, you you notice him. He plays physical. He plays mean. He can be a thorn in the side of his opponents. He can be a little bit of a pest out there. So those are the different things that he can do that that really help a team win. You know, Sweden as a whole, they don't have a really strong decor right now, so their forwards are going to be hugely important. So his his opportunity, like you know, he's he, he's kind of playing on the top. Like I think their their lines are kind of in flux. Like I think in terms of the minutes, he might not be on the line that ends up playing the most minutes, but he, it, it could happen. I mean, like. You know, we're going to have to wait and see because I think they've got a lot of talent at their forward group. But but he's that heart and soul player that a lot of teams hope to have at this at these kinds of tournaments because you you can trust them. You can you know what you're going to get out of them. They're predictable in all the best possible ways. And then, you know, he's obviously going to be playing a leadership role. He's going to be an important player. Um, he has world junior experience. So, I mean, all those things are, are important. And um He's not necessarily a guy that you're going to get super excited about as like he's going to make every highlight real and he's going to be, you know, super entertaining. He's just going to be effective. And, and I think that that's, you know, what Sweden needs him to be. And that's what he will be. And ultimately, if he makes the NHL as well. Sounds like a prototypical Kyle Davison type player. That's the kind of guy that that he's... just a guy, <laughs> a good, but, a good but, dude. <laughs> but the work ethic that seems very important to the type of team Kyle Davidson has been building. So he fits in very well. Yeah, good culture guy. Good, good guy that that kind of leads by example for sure. Like to hear that. Um, do you want to ask about uh, two two players who are eligible for this year's draft? Uh, both American, one that's going to be playing at the tournament and one that isn't. Um, my uh, Badgers uh, love affair for Jar Charlie Strammel is strong, so I want to get your opinion on uh, on him. But I also want to ask about you know Team USA not having uh, Will Smith uh, as part of the uh, as part of the lineup for for this tournament. Yeah, so I'll start with Strammel um, to to scratch the Badgers itch there, and um, he. <laughs> He basically, you know, I, he was on the bubble to make this team. Like, he was not a guarantee to make it. He was a returning player, but his his first half of the season was only okay. Um, he's, you know, he's, he hasn't necessarily produced at the level that I think a lot of people expected. And then there were some games where, you know, he, he just didn't impact the game enough to notice him. However, through the first two pre-tournament games, he's been one of Team USA's most consistent players. He's used his size, he's used his physicality, and he scored a couple of goals as well. So that's he's probably going to be the fourth-line center for this team. He's probably going to play, you know, manage minutes. He's going to be on the PK and do different things like that. But if he can get scoring pop from that bottom and if he can play heavy and, and be strong and hard to play against, that's what Team USA needs him to be. 
ultimately, if you're going to draft him in the first round, you're expecting to be a top six player. You're expecting him to be a goal scorer. You know, the question is, is he a center? Is he a wing? He plays center naturally. You'd love to have a six three two fifteen center, um, you know, and, and that can skate. And, um, you know, but but ultimately it's, you know, does he does he drive play enough to be a center? That's going to be the big question. And um, thus far at the World Juniors, you know, he ne- doesn't necessarily have to be a play driver. He just needs to be a, an effective two-way center, which I think he will be. Um, and then uh, to answer your question about Will Smith, I actually think, so he got sick in camp, which I think, you know, ultimately impacted whether or not he was going to make the team. Um, I think he was also on the bubble based on what I've heard, you know, is that, they weren't necessarily certain they wanted to bring, you know, too many underage players. And but the thing is, is I think that this U.S. team could have absolutely used him. Um, I think that if he was going to be able to be healthy, that they should have given him every opportunity to make the team. Because to me, this team lacks a little bit of the enough of the dynamic element. And Will Smith is as dynamic as you can get. I mean, he has vision. He has uh, skating ability. He's been doing a lot better at playing in the interior. He's been doing, you know, he's not uh, a physical specimen, which, you know, like he's, 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 you know, basically six foot kind of lanky, needs to get stronger, you know, and that'll help him play to the interior better. But he's incredible puck skills, elite vision, understands how to create offense, and he's scoring it, you know, over two points a game at the national team program, which is something that I think only Jack Hughes has done. And so that's the kind of thing. So I, I have, I have Will Smith right on the cusp of the fifth, you know, fifth overall. You know, I think he's in that lottery range. I don't necessarily know, you know, you look at the at the Blackhawks, let's say, if we're just talking about the Hawks, and you say, well, does he fit with the style that they want to have? Um, you know, is he the is he ultimately could he ultimately be the 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 poor man's Patrick Kane, you know, when when it, when the time does come for for Kane to be gone. But but you know, and I, I think that there's a possibility there, but you know, I think you look at you're hoping more like, hey, maybe it's Adam Fantilli, maybe it's Connor Bedard. You know, you, you're hoping maybe it's Leo Carlson with his size, and you know, those are the different guys that. Are, and, and Leo Carlson will be in this tournament playing for Sweden as well. So great draft year, awesome draft year for the tournament um, in general. Um, even though we won't have Russia and Matt Vemichkov to 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 round it all out, but in general, I think Will Smith to me is um, one of the more exciting players in this draft. I, he's one of the more entertaining players in the draft, and he's also been a tremendous on a tremendous developmental trajectory since last season he's so much better now than he was at this point last year it's 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 absolutely off the charts and that's a big part of my projection of having him so high in the draft chris you've been so generous with your time uh, i just want to get one more from you before i let you go here uh you mentioned carlson you mentioned will smith we already talked about bedard fantilli give us uh, two or three guys real quick uh, maybe to keep an eye on that are maybe off the radar for some people, but not, maybe not even necessarily, you know, uh, a lottery pick. Maybe if you think they are cool, but uh, just a, a player or two or three to keep an eye on as the tournament goes on. Yeah, I, I, you know, Slovakia is going to be a team to watch with draft eligibles. They've got Dalibor Dvorsky, who's, you know, kind of hovered around the top 10. I think he's going to be um, a guy to watch. And if, if he's not good in this tournament, Slovakia is going to have a really hard time to compete. But also another guy that is having a tremendous draft season in the WHL is Samuel Hanzik. And he's starting to trend well into the first round and maybe up into the top 20 um, with his play so far this season. He's a six foot three player. You know, he's, he's got size, he's got skill. He played in this tournament over the summer. You barely would have noticed him, and now he's been a, a, an outstanding player at the WHL level. So Slovakia is going to be a team to watch for draft-eligible players. Also, another guy to keep an eye on, Edward Schala, who's playing for Czechia. He is um, playing in the Czech Pro League right now. He doesn't get, you know, his numbers don't jump out at you because he's playing professionally. 
but he in 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 international play he's been very good he was outstanding at the last under 18 world championship you know he's another guy that's kind of hovering around that top 10 top 15 range of the draft and and so this is if you're looking for this this tournament and you want to care about draft prospects and the guys that you're hoping that maybe Chicago can draft it's a tremendous year to to watch this tournament because there's the top tier of the draft is here the next tier is here you know in a lot of ways as well and there's just you know there's there's plenty of different players to keep an eye on and oh and one last guy sorry I, before i get out of here with that uh david reinbacher defenseman for austria austria is going to get pumped at this tournament it's not going to be a good time for him but he is currently he has among defensemen in the swiss national league so he's playing at the top swiss pro level he has already set the record for points by a draft eligible defenseman in that league and draft eligible defensemen who play in that league roman yossi <laughs> so <laughs> he, he did not have as many points at the same age as david reinbacher um and reinbacher is a six foot two right shot defenseman with mobility not bad. That not good. bad. I, I hear teams like those kinds of guys. Yeah, so, that sounds good. All right, so, yeah, can, keep can, an eye Chris, on can we do one more? I'm sorry. Absolutely. Right. I don't care. A couple, <laughs> a couple <laughs> people asking yeah, in the chat not? about Lucas Reichel, uh, including Gunzo, saying, isn't it more likely Reichel is not a top six NHL player? I know you're bullish on Lucas Reichel. Can you uh, set Blackhawks fans' minds at ease on Lucas Reichel? Or try to, anyway. Well, it's. I mean, I think it's hard because, you know, they're, I think. I think it's – the timing for Lucas, I feel like situationally, this was not the right time to have a player like him. Honestly, like f- to develop him, like because in the in the perfect world, he'd be able to play at the at the NHL level right now, right? Like he'd he'd be ready. You take a guy out of Europe, you say, okay, well, we're going to put you right in the AHL. You know, can we develop you? Like that's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. So. You know, I still think that uh, his skill level, his hockey intelligence, his competitiveness, all those different things um, allow him to still have the chance to play top six. He's still very young. There's still time. It's not way too early to give up on him. I think fans are way too quick to give up on players before, you know, if they don't do it right away. But as we've seen in more recent years, how, how hard it is to play in the NHL at a young age where even the best top draft picks are struggling. And we just talked about earlier about guys that had that extra year or that more time in Europe, you know, like those are the types of things that I think he potentially could have benefited from. Um, but you look at him, he's over a point per game in the AHL right now at, at, at 20 years old. That is not an easy thing to do. Um, and, and guys that have that level of production at that young age tend to trend favorably towards, you know, top six level, players i mean at that age in the wh or in the in the ahl that is a very good point total so i still like him a lot i think that you know the problem is is that by the time that he's ready to potentially make an impact the blackhawks might not have the team to put him in the best position to succeed he's still probably a year or two away from you know being at the top of his game and and once he's there you know are the blackhawks going to have a spot for him to do that and to be that without, you know, the team not having puck possession, the team not maybe, you know, giving up a lot of goals, those, you know, the pain is still happening. And I know, and that, believe I grew up a Blackhawks fan. I was there for the dark ages. You know, I know, I know exactly, you know, how this feels and where it is right now. 
But I do think that the only the only the only solace at this point is patience because those guys are starting to come and they, they, the, I think the Blackhawks have a pretty solid rebuild plan and a pretty solid rebuild package started and I think Lucas Reichel is part of it. So that's 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 my my two cents on him. Awesome, Chris. Uh, thanks for staying ten minutes longer than than I asked you to before All the good. show started. <laughs> we appreciate it. Make sure you're following Chris on Twitter at Chris M Peters. Now's the time. Now is when he's in demand. But Chris, you know we'll be leaning on you a lot over the next few months, especially this summer. Uh, so we always appreciate you being available for us, man. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Always great to talk to some Chicago guys, and uh, looking forward to getting out to the tournament. So, so thanks for having me, guys. All appreciate right. it. Take care, Chris. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, thanks, Chris. That's Chris Peters, the goat. He is the damn goat. And Greg's going to tell you about the goat of sunglasses, not sunglasses for yes. Goat. Not, yeah, not sunglasses for goats, but the greatest sunglasses money can buy. They could be. And those, well, they could be. Um, who am I to tell you? I'm not sunglass gatekeeping. You can put your sunglasses on anything you want. Um, Shady Rays, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So, it, they went out and they changed it. And you do not have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your precious eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is their amazing lost and protection program or lost and replacement program. If you break your sunglasses on day one or you lose them, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Doesn't matter how you lost them or broke them. If it was an act of God or an act of stupidity, they'll replace them for you. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I could tell you from being a customer of theirs for the last couple of years. They are just as good, if not better, as any one of those expensive pairs on the eyeglass market these days shady rays also do something very cool besides making you look cool they're going to provide 10 meals to fight hunger in america with every order placed and they have donated over 20 million meals to date they stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem they will throw profit right out the giant test window at the shady rays factory and do whatever it takes to get right free returns and exchanges you either love the shades or shady rays pays to ship them back that's it and, of course, you're going to get an awesome deal for being a CHGO listener. Head over to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will get 50% off any order with two or more pairs of sunglasses. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at ShadyRays.com. And while you're looking good in your shady rays, you can be feeling good thanks to Athletic Greens and their AG1 formula, which is designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. Who doesn't want that this time of year? In just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start or end your day right. And if you have different di different uh, dietary restrictions, dietary restrictions, uh, whether it's gluten-free or you have to be dairy-free or keto or vegan, whatever it is, AG1 can fit into that diet and you can incorporate it into your life no matter how busy you might be because it's just a small once-a-day habit 
with big benefits. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's all you need. But to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right updating our poll what part of the world junior championships have you most excited 56 percent say seeing the hawks prospects 46 percent say uh seeing bedard at 42 44 percent rather saying seeing bedard of frantilly and a zero percent have interest in rooting for their home country and it's weird <laughs> fellas like this year you know usually every year we're rooting for canada but or for usa but all the Hawks are on Canada. We want to see them thrive. We want to see ben, uh, Bedard and Fantilli do well, or Bantilli, as I was about to call them. Um, it is going to be kind of a weird world juniors to watch because I might find myself rooting for Canada a little bit. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat. <laughs> but the, the the best the best outcome of this world juniors uh would be somehow I don't I don't know if it's possible with the brackets, but somehow if Canada could play Sweden in the gold medal final, like that would be great. I'd love Go to go Victor Schornberg. I'd love to watch that. Um but yeah, I mean I, I, I think you know this at, at this point the most interest for Blackhawks fans is on Team Canada because it's the four prospects that they have there. And then it's Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. Like you're looking at, you're looking at five, maybe six players every game that you're paying attention to. Like as as Blackhawks fans, like that is that's that's the the spotlight right there. So yeah, I mean, you know, if they uh, if they if if, if Nazar was playing on, in this tournament, I'd be waving the big red, white, and blue flag. You know, go USA. But you know, I might uh, might. Get some, get some leafs, get some maple leafs, and stick them to a shirt. And be a, be a Canada fan for a night. There you go. Well, the good news is, whether you want to see the Hawks prospects or Bedard and Fantilli, you do, whether or you want to do both, they're all going to be in the same game. Yeah, uh, except for <laughs> yeah. one guy. So you know, one stop shopping, pretty much, to accomplish both of those goals. But it should be a good tournament. Canada, obviously, the overwhelming favorite, as they kind of, sort of are every year, except. You know when USA has a loaded team like they've had in the past. Um, so you know it'll be fun to see if Canada you know trucks through the preliminary round and then and then faces a, a defensive responsible team, maybe a Slovakia, maybe a Finland. Finland loves pulling off upsets in international play, so it'll be fun to see. You know everybody pretty much is giving them the gold medal already just based on the on the <laughs> roster, and and it, and it's hard not to argue with that, but. There's some really talented teams out there that have something to say for it. So, um, you know, I would not be upset to see uh, an upset maybe in, in a semifinal or something like that. It'd be fun. I always like chaos at these sorts of events. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's kind of like Chris said, like, you know, usually if there's a standout goalie on on one of these teams, uh, they're able to maybe steal a few games in, in, in the tournament for a team that may or may not be you know, less talented, but it kind of seems like everyone's on relatively even playing playing uh, levels when it comes to the goaltending talent. So even if it is a, you know, a poorly goaltended tournament, Canada could probably still outgun every other country there. So, you know, it, it, it still gives them that, uh, that, that edge up front. I'm just really excited to see uh, like 
like just watching some of the highlights from the from the exhibition games, just Connor Bedard, like he just knows what he's about to do to all these poor schlubs that try and <laughs> that try and stop him. And I'm I I just absolutely love the the confidence that he's coming into this tournament with because he knows how good he is, and now he's. He's going from being like the only person who can do something on a, on the Regina Pats, uh, a team that is just atrocious outside of him, um, to now being surrounded by the best other Canadian prospects uh, that are at his same that are close to his same level. And now he's like, oh, I might be the best player on a team of the best players. So the, the confidence level is through the roof for him. I would just love to see him just go out put up like 15 20 points in this tournament keep tickling guys after he scores goals and just say yeah i'm the number one freaking prospect like come get me chicago yeah that, it's gonna be fun i'm really looking forward to the tournament and uh times out nicely um with the holidays so everybody should be able to, to, to catch some games uh it's definitely gonna be fun to watch i want to kind of pull the uh, informal poll here of our of our listeners how do you feel after hearing from chris peters about the blackhawks future are you feeling better about the uh, the long term outlook, you're feeling worse, feeling about the same. Uh, what did, what did Chris do to how you're feeling about things? And, and Gunzo is the one who's been asking about uh, Lucas Reichel and had a follow up saying, "Is he better than Brandon Peary was at the same age?" Well, at age 20, yes. uh, Lucas Reichel is a point per game player. When um, Brandon Peary was 20 years old, he had 43 points in 70 games. Uh, when he was 21, he had 56 points in 66 games. It took him until he was 22 to experience a nearly point-per-game season when he had 75 points in 76 games for Rockford. So, yes, I think it is safe to say that Brandon Peary, uh, that Lucas Reichel is ahead of Brandon Peary in his development. And I I just want to – I'm just sort of reading between the lines here. Lucas Reichel, as Chris said, is 20 years old and has played 13 NHL games. Let's not make a call on him yet. It seems like 13 NHL like, games, mostly in the bottom six in limited shelter roles, not giving an opportunity to be Lucas Reichel. Yes. And not given any sort of consistent run either, where he had a bunch of games in a row trying and, and finding his, you know, maybe finding comfort with a line or anything. I mean, just think about the Hawks lines this season made up of, prof- of professionals. It takes guys time to gel and Reichel hasn't had that yet. So there's no reason to panic about Lucas Reichel. And I think we say this all the time, but I'm going to remind everybody, you can't think of prospects like Kane and Taves. That's not how it goes. Very rarely does a guy come out right away and dominate. Cole Caulfield's a good example, by the way, a guy who struggled early in Montreal and has all of a sudden figured it out. Right? Yeah. It, it takes, it takes being surrounded by the right people uh, in your in your development path, the right coaches, you know, having the right opportunities at the right time, it, that that has to line up the proper way. And you also have to be given, you know, an opportunity to to build some confidence as a young player. Um, you know, with the way the Blackhawks have treated some of their their top prospects in in the last couple of years is, oh, we drafted you in the first round, or oh, we drafted you third overall, or eighth overall, or whatever it is. So. You have to be on the fast track to being being in the NHL before your 20th birthday or whatever it has to be. And they've done so kind of stunting those guys' growth because they're thrown into situations in which, you know, they don't have the it's not conducive to building their confidence. You know, Adam Boquist, 
Kirby Doc, uh, Henry Yokiharu, like they took lumps as teenagers uh, in the NHL that maybe were unnecessary. And you look at uh, you look at the way that they've they've handled Reichel, and you look at the way that you know that kind of gives you a little bit of a bl- of a blueprint of how some of these these guys coming up, some of these guys we talked about today, how they might be handled. Like we might not see a Kevin Korchinski uh, in it, at, at even sniffing NHL time for another two or three years. We might not see Ethan Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, Colton Dock. Um, we might not see those guys, you know, hovering around the NHL, you know, being NHL ready as the term goes for another two, three years. And we talk about the, the, the team being young next year, potentially, and, and, and having roster spots open. That's where guys that are currently with the Rockford ice hogs have an opportunity to step up. A lot of the defensemen right now, like Isaac Phillips, who's playing with the Blackhawks right now, Alec Regula, Alex Vlasic, that's where opportunities uh, can open up for those guys. You look at some of the college prospects, uh, this year that that going into next season maybe making their pro debuts like a Wyatt Kaiser or a Landon Slager like those are guys that you know there's still some there's still a lot of uh, hope for expectations for but they're still they're still playing juniors and so it's going to take some time for them to to get accustomed to the pro game and and get on that that pro development track and with Reichel the other thing you have to remember with Reichel is that. He was drafted out of Germany, out of the top German division as a 17, 18-year-old. After he was drafted in the first round by the Blackhawks, he played another season in the top German league as an 18, 19-year-old. Basically, since he's been 17 years old, Lucas Reichel's been playing against men. Two years in Germany, now this is his his second uh, season in the AHL. Like this, like that is a really good thing for him to when he does get to the NHL level, it's not it's it's not a, a spike so much in the in the speed of the game, the physicality of the game. Like he is he's played against men for now. This is his fourth year. Like he's as long as his as his feet and his hands and his brain can keep can keep up with the the, the pace of the game, he's gonna be just fine. So I, I I really like hearing, you know, what what Chris had to say as far as, you know, the taking the, the patience with him, because that's what that's what the Blackhawks need to do. And that's all that they have time for right now. They'd only have time for these guys to grow. Yep. I just want to make two little quick points on Lucas Reichel. Uh, the Brandon Peary thing. I, that's not a guy I'd want to compare. You can compare stats, but it's dangerous because they're not the same player. Brandon Peary cared about one thing and one thing only Brandon Peary's goal stats. That's it. He was not interested in passing. He was not interested in playing defense. That's why it never really worked for Brendan Perry in the NHL. He only cared about scoring goals. Lucas Reichel is light years ahead of Brendan Perry as far as being an overall complete player. Lucas Reichel will play defense. Lucas Reichel is a very good playmaker and sometimes doesn't shoot enough. He'd rather pass and pick up the assist. Not the same type of player. And even that being said, Lucas Reichel still has better numbers at this stage in his career. So that's not a great guy I compare him to. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why Peary never excelled in the NHL, and and, and I could have a whole podcast dedicated on that. <laughs> Here's a really fun analogy for Lucas Reichel's time in the NHL. Compare it to being a substitute teacher in grade school. No matter how good that substitute teacher was, 
They never had a chance when they walked into your classroom because they didn't know anybody. They knew they were only going to be there for two days. They weren't that familiar with the subject matter. So they did their best in a very temporary spot and then went back to wherever they came from. That's pretty much what Lucas Reichel has been in the NHL. He's been a substitute fourth grade teacher. <laughs> very limited time. Had no chemistry with what was around him and then went back to the AHL. So let's let's pump the brakes on worrying about if he's not going to be top six. Let's get him some time. Blackhawks have nothing but time. Yeah, you're right about that. Agreed. There's no doubt. It, it's just, uh, I, I just, we got to just hamper expectations and, and, and be patient. It's what, it's what Chris says, what everybody's saying. You just got to let these guys develop and, and do I, their own thing. And I get it. The fans are so desperate for something hopeful to cling to because the, the current team is so bad. But it's coming. It's coming. Focus on the kids that are in the World Juniors. Focus on the Rockford Icehogs and some of the players there. Don't worry so much about what this year means at the NHL level to five, you know, to the, the, down the road. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing for to to the future goals of the Blackhawks other than getting really good draft picks. That's about it. Yep. So I, I get why people are worried and stressed out that Lucas Reichel hasn't had the impact at the NHL level because they're so desperate for something positive right now. But it's okay. It's coming. Trust me. All right. Yeah, and now and 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 you know we were we were talking about being frustrated last night with with the Blackhawks and, and, and the game and you know there there, there were people today uh, responding to us and uh, in, in our podcast last night saying like why are you frustrated this this it's it's different between not caring about the wins and losses and caring about how the team is 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 playing and it's frustrating the way the team is playing it's frustrating to see Patrick Kane uh, not be able to to set up teammates for for great scoring chances and have them finish those chances it's it's frustrating to see Patrick Kane not being able to score on his own it's frustrating to see you know uh, sticks snapping on 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 open chances and it's frustrating to see the constant copy paste games that these Blackhawks have have been putting out so that's where the frustration's coming that's where the frustration's coming for 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 us it's not that we it's not that we we, we should be winning games we know we're not going to win games yeah but but we we want to be seeing some 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 productivity on the ice, executing the game plans that Luke Richardson is putting together. Execute executing, you know, we like it's great that Luke Richardson in his press conferences loves to go into the X and O's and explain what goes wrong, what what they should be doing here instead of what happened. That's great. I would love for him to not have to do it so often. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love for him to have to stop explaining for five minutes, why there's a breakdown, why there's a miscommunication. I would just love for once the Blackhawks to have a game where thing they're doing the right things. They're in the right spots and they finish a couple chances. Yeah. We're selfish podcasters. We want something different to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Right. We've been talking about the same thing for two and a half months already. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I enjoyed that show. I like, I love talking to Chris. I'm excited for the world juniors. Uh, and you should be too. And hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five bucks pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even 
bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And it is Thursday, which means it is time for the DraftKings Pick of the Week. Greg, oh, yeah. got the honors, Alrighty. my friend. We're going to do one of those some one of those fun same-game parlays Ooh. for tonight's uh, NHL action. Let's win some money. We, we talked to the GOAT earlier as far as hockey prospects and world juniors goes, Chris Peters. But I'm going to place a bet on the GOAT as far as scoring goals or the soon-to-be GOAT. And that's Alex Ovechkin. You've heard of him. You know he has not scored a goal since he had his hat trick here in Chicago. He's still on 800. He's freaking due. And they, he and the Washington Capitals are playing at the Ottawa Senators, who the last time I checked, have really bad goaltenders and really bad defense. <laughs> so Alex Ovechkin is freaking due. He's scoring at least 801 tonight. So my DraftKings pick of the week, same game parlay of Alex Ovechkin, anytime goal score with the Capitals on the money line. That is for a plus 200 bet 10 bucks, get $30 back uh, with Ovechkin scoring a goal and the Capitals on the money line for our DraftKings pick of the week. I love it. I like that. So I would trust that. Yeah. And no, no pressure though, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Um, you know what else you trust? It's ComEd and their energy efficiency program to help you save energy and therefore save money. And their energy efficiency program is committed to helping families do just that in the communities that they serve. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's through lighting or HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, projected cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. That's B I Z. Uh, again, comed.com slash powering biz. And if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them at 855 433 2700 during normal business hours to speak with a comed energy efficiency program representative. The other way you can get a hold of them is through email. You can email them business ee at comed.com or request an online assessment at their website, comed.com slash facility assessments. All right. Before we wrap up, going to update the poll one last time. What are you most excited about with the World Junior Championships? 54% say seeing the Hawks prospects. (laughs) 42% say seeing Bedard and Fantilli. And 4% say rooting Uh, for their home country. So finally, rooting for your home country gets a vote. The tournament starts on... that was me. That was I voted for right. it. I didn't want to get zero. I'm the patriot here. Way to go. You uh, un-American jerks. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. We're going to be back tomorrow night after the Hawks and Blue Jackets. Uh, we're not sure exactly how it's going to go. Greg might go to the United Center if uh, it's not Snowmageddon or Frigidmageddon 
I don't know. I just made well, that it's up. It's going to be cold. Uh, Mario and I are going to do the show from home either way, uh, remotely. So uh, we'll be on after the game. But stay tuned to see in what format. Very exciting for everybody here, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and and if you are going to go out to the game, um, yeah, best best of luck. Hey, I, I, so you I know salute what? you, and best of luck getting getting there and back safely. And um, hey, it's 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 the Bedard Bowl. It is, and uh, looking at game time right now. Quick little uh, plug for our friends at Game Time: twelve bucks. Are they free? Oh, it's twelve dollars. Okay. Yep. So uh, if you're looking, they might to actually pay you to go to that game. Hey, I guarantee a victory tomorrow night. Earlier this week, and I'm going to stand by it. This could be the Hawks' Ooh. last win uh, in a while. So hey, if you're bored and you got a, a monster truck, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, we'll talk to you tomorrow uh, on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks for being with us, and make sure you smash that like button on the way out. We appreciate you.